Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And I'm JR. And uh, today we're here to talk about my pick, Autofocus, directed by Paul Schrader from 2002. And uh, we're also going to be talking about other things we watched um, and the Oscar nominations, of course. So stay tuned. How, how's everybody doing? How everybody doing today? <laughs> I think we're yeah. all sick. I'm not Oops. actually that sick. Okay. I, I have a cough that's been going on for like two and a half months now. Oh, but right. it's actually it's slightly getting okay. better at this point. Okay. My nose is running. I still have mucus and shit, but I'm not like I don't yeah. feel bad. I think Jr. is like on the verge of death. So <laughs> yeah, he's I've definitely been, the sickest. Been trying to cure my sickness by uh, just going through the Resident Evil film sequels, and it just has not <laughs> just burn it right out of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's Imagine good. That. You know, actually, I'll tell you, and I've been telling everybody this, and I don't mean to be like one of these health nut crazy people, but like, I started taking elderberry gummies, <laughs> and ever since I did, I take one a day, and I'm like feeling much better, <laughs> like than I was. Um, so. My coworker just got me onto those. I just bought a pack of thirty on Amazon. Fuck yeah! And I've been uh, <laughs> been taking one from her every day. Yeah, man, they're good. They, mm. I think they genuinely work to uh, boost your immune health. So definitely, cool. hope you get better. Um, all right, well, let's just uh, let's talk about these fucking Oscar nominations, you know. Uh, another year, another set of movies. Very predictable, I think. Uh, not, uh, I mean, I think before we started recording, Kevin said he was surprised by a few, and I was surprised by, I think, one, um, which was, uh, well, I, I guess I, I'm surprised. You that, predicted all hundred? No, 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 no. I mean, you just know what's going to be. I mean, you can just tell what's going to be nominated. You know, it's like, obviously, The Irishman's getting nominated. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's getting nominated. Mm. You know, uh, Al Pacino's getting nominated or and fucking, uh, you know, Marriage mm. Story and all this kind of shit like this. So it's just like, it's just the front runners. You know what's going to, you can, and you can easily call a lot of these races. Like, foreign film, if Parasite doesn't win foreign film, I'd, like, be very surprised right you know because it's just like the most talked about but parasite getting six nominations i thought was awesome and i even though everyone said it was going to get nominated for all these things i was like no korean movies ever or no asian movies ever got that many nominations besides i don't know crouching tiger hidden dragon like oh yeah, yeah. but didn't 20 it, years ago I mean, parasite broke some some uh, box office records didn't it i mean as far as like yeah. small cinema goes and it's nominated for best picture as well which is i think is awesome and uh i think it's sad that it's in the company of some of these other movies that aren't that are very much lesser films um <laughs> but uh the one i guess i guess the one that i was surprised most about and, and happily surprised was um let me just scroll down to it so that I can get the name here. Uh, the Lighthouse getting cinematography. The J- Jaron Blash Blashky or J- Yaron Blashky. I don't know how you say his name, but um, definitely well deserved. And uh, a pity that Willem Dafoe wasn't nominated. Yeah, I think like they probably they probably figured like, oh, we gave him one for Florida Project. Yeah, he's good for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like has he, has he not been nominated since then? He probably has. I thought he was nominated like the right, like right after that, like the year after for something, but I can't remember. Oh yeah, he must for the uh, Nom- the uh, Van Gogh movie. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah, he was, wasn't he? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Yeah. He was. I think it was one of the one of the few nominations right, for that movie. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I was, I guess maybe the most surprising thing is like the amount of Joker Oscar nominations. I mean, like I, I mean, guess I assumed it would be nominated for some things, but like eleven. It's the most. It's eleven. Which is what Titanic had. <laughs> I mean, 
It's kind of insane. Yeah, I mean, like I plan on watching Joker tonight, but like I'm not surprised because of like, I mean, ever since ever since you know the trailers came out and since the movie has come out, everyone's been like like this movie has had such a hype train over mm-hmm. the last few months, mm-hmm. and it's like. Oh, you haven't seen it then? Yeah, I, I still haven't seen it. But, you're, you're, um, so you're automatically going to hate it because it's been hyped up way too much by I everyone mean, except like me, and I guess Jr. didn't really like it very much. I mean, I'm probably I probably won't hate it, but I'm probably I'm I'm not anticipating being enthusiastic about it because yeah, I mean, like I think my my biggest thing is like you know the whole like oh well they've taken a. You know, they've taken a comic book movie and they've elevated the genre and blah, 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 yeah, made gritty it. realism <laughs> right, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. It's never like, done that before. Yeah, literally never been done before. <laughs> Certainly wasn't done, like, like, like that's that's one of the things that, like, uh, Alan Moore was like, you know, like, guys, like, I wrote Watchmen so y'all would pity these people and you would realize how ridiculous superheroes are. Mm-hmm. But now... It's like, oh, it's the greatest superhero, super superhero, blah blah blah, ever. It's like best season of a television show ever, according to some people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it. I, don't know. I mean, for all I, I hear, for it's all very I know, good. Yeah, I mean, for all I know, what they did with the with the HBO show, like Alan Moore might actually like that. I doubt it, but maybe. Yeah, I mean, seems to he would everything. never watch it. Yeah, right. Yeah, he'll <laughs> never he'll never watch seems it. Seems to just like hate everything that's not comic related. He doesn't have a television. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. Well, I mean, he's wa- he's watches old episodes of The Prisoner, so oh, probably, uh, on, his, <laughs> probably on his iPod. Yeah, <laughs> his, his first generation video iPod. Yeah, yeah. Now, I do want to say this: uh, Florence Pugh being nominated, but for Little Women. Yeah, doesn't it feel like it's That's... secretly a nomination for Midsummer? Like, like they wanted to give it to her for Midsummer, but they can't honor horror at all. So I thought if I said that, yeah. I would sound really crazy. No, it's so. totally true. Like, cause I didn't even know she was in Little Women. Like, I, I, I yeah, haven't seen yeah. the film, but like, I didn't know she was in it. Yeah, me neither. And I just can't believe. I'm like, I'm like, this is the nomination they give her. And I mean, I'm not even a fan of Midsummer, but it's just like, I, you know, she's definitely the best part about the film. She's uh, she's good in it. Um, and it's just like it's absurd to me that they give. And I think it's just because the actress category is, you know, well, they had to give Cynthia Erivo a nomination, you know, token nomination for Harriet. Which, you know, obviously, because they don't want another Oscar so white on their hands. Well, I mean, they basically got it. I mean, almost got it. <laughs> they do, yeah. but see, but you'll the, notice, like, I mean, <clears throat> the, the, I agree. I mean, like, all the actors are white. They basically went out of their way to not nominate Jennifer Lopez, just because everyone mm-hmm. else had been. And that's, I don't, like, yeah, I... I'm I I would re- I kind of respect that they didn't nominate Jennifer Lopez because she's not very good in that movie, mm. right? And Ag- agreed. And had they nominated, would have obviously been to- like. To be fair, I haven't seen Cynthia Erivo in this movie. She might be great in Harriet. I don't know. Harriet looks like generic biopic trash to me, but she might be good in it. I don't know. And they did get Antonio Banderas, who I guess is a person of color. I don't know. <laughs> Spaniards yeah. Spaniards from Spain are not considered as such. Are they not? Okay, yeah. So yeah, he's, okay. he's a white guy too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all white. Well, I yeah. guess Adam Driver is Jewish, isn't he? Yeah. Or at least... <laughs> that sort of counts. Culturally? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway. Um, so I think... Uh, like, they were... Man. They, the, uh, <laughs> they were saying here, like, though one could surely take issue with the lack of nods for Aquafina, like... I like I like Aquafina. 
her performance in The Farewell was not amazing, unless you count, like, just staring off into the distance and being sad as great acting. I mean, there's one kind of, there's one pretty emotional scene where she's, like, arguing with her mother about, like, you know, how they, how they, how their family came over to America and et cetera, et cetera. And, but, like, even that's, like, it's, yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's it's, not, it's not amazing. It's not, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't think. I thought it was really good, but this is like the mm, lead actress category is the one. It's like one of the only uh, categories where I've only seen one of the movies, and that's Marriage Story. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll get to true. Little Women and Bombshell soon, but I will get to Little Judy Women looks soon. horrible to me. I would never watch Judy or Bombshell <laughs> or Harriet. I don't yeah. think I didn't even know Bombshell had come out. Like I thought that like I knew that it was a thing, but like I didn't. I don't think know, it got a like, super wide release exactly. Okay. Um, and if Harriet was rated R, I'd be more likely to see it. But because it's rated PG thirteen, I just right whitewashing history. No pun intended. Um, and I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of movies that are nominated that I really don't have any interest in. Like, I don't want to see Jojo Rabbit, and I don't I really was, want to see Ford versus Ferrari because it's just so fucking long. I was surprised that Jojo Rabbit was nominated because, like, it's like I still, you know, I haven't seen it yet, but like, it seems like, like, like. It's definitely out of everything that's on here. Like, which one doesn't fit? Like, yeah. obviously doesn't fit because but it, it but seems again, like the TIFF Audience Award oh, right, wins right, the right, Oscar right, right. every year. So it yeah, uh, if going by history, it should win Best Picture. Right, but it probably won't. <laughs> it's I, yeah, mean, I mean, it's a it's a it's a Nazi movie that is <laughs> yeah. super saccharine. It's I think it fits. Okay, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Parasite fits. Yeah. Uh, I wish Joker didn't fit. <laughs> I mean, every like every fucking category that Joker's in, just scrolling through, it's like it's also like it's against the Irishman. Yeah. Just mm. like, oh, do we need Martin Scorsese <laughs> and the ripoff of Scorsese? I just I don't right. think we did. <laughs> and I feel like it's gonna like dominate too. That's this really sad part. And I mean, I don't think he's gonna like I don't think Todd Phillips is gonna win director. In fact, I've been arguing with a lot of people that Tarantino is going to take the director trophy because he's due because he hasn't won director yet. And yeah. He's won script so many times. And, um, and like Sam Mendes has already won. Martin Scorsese has already won. And they're never going to give it to Bong Joon-ho, I don't think. But, uh, I mean, they might. I don't know. But mm. I feel like Quentin is due. So they're going to give it to him. That's what I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about who's due. You yeah. know? That's why they so, give it to. Best actor in a supporting role. Tom Hanks is nominated for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Like, he plays Mr. Rogers in a Mr. Rogers movie, but he's nominated for support. I hear he's not in it very much, actually. Uh, it's, oh, it's about movies. the reporter. Yeah, it's about oh. Matthew Rhys's character. Okay, okay. He's more of like a, uh, like a, I mean, well, a supporting role, I guess. Uh, it's it's mm. interesting, too, that uh, Netflix has seven of the acting nominations. Like, that's pretty insane, considering how, like, last year it was, like, Oh, yeah, mind blowing that they were nominated for best picture with Roma. Oh yeah, and now that's like they're nominated for multiple best pictures, a bunch of the acting categories, a bunch of the other categories. Yeah, yeah, Netflix is really. Uh, I'm like I'm surprised the two popes is on here at all, and I haven't seen it, but it's just like it just seems like such a low key like nothing of a movie that nobody's watching or talking about. Mm-hmm. And I want to watch it. I like Fern- Fernando Morales, but and I like the actors, but I mean. I just can't believe like that. That's something that like just came out and it's like nominated for multiple Oscars. It's crazy. Mm. But uh, yeah, 
I don't know. I'll be watching. I always like to watch the show. I don't uh, don't care that much about the winners, but uh, it's fun to watch. Nobody's seen none of neither of y'all have seen nineteen seventeen yet, right? No, I was going to go Sunday okay. afternoon, and I uh, or I mean like last weekend, and oh, I, okay. I just did. I forget what happened. I was just <clears throat> tired or something. Didn't didn't get around to. It. And all I'm hearing is like these mediocre reviews about how it's such a technical achievement but it's like soulless and boring and well i saw the so. um i saw the trailer for it like before uh rise of skywalker and i was like like this makes me want like the extended trailer made me want to watch the movie less oh really? yeah yeah it just like i don't know it just some of like the set piece stuff i see in there like there's just like little shots that like lead me to like i can piece together the story or like the story beats and like I just, yeah, some of it feels very, like, uh, cliched or, like, I've seen it mm. before. And I, I just, I yeah. don't know. You know I mean, part, I, I, part of me thinks it's, like, saving Private Ryan, but in World War One. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, you know, and Sam Mendes, like, bless his heart. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I like uh, I like Road to Perdition. I think it still holds up. And uh, I, I, I like um, Away We Go, but that's got nothing to do with this. And, uh you know, uh, aside from those, I mean, I, I haven't seen American Beauty in a long time. Mm. I hear it does not hold up, but um, I don't know. It's just he's just his his, uh, his Spectre and uh, Skyfall. And no. stuff, I don't know. He's he's definitely got a bad run right now for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Sp- Spectre wasn't as bad as I remembered it being after watching it again, but it's still not great. I mean, it's like a solid like right at three yeah me. i just have such a negative re- re- recollection of it i don't think yeah. i would ever go back to it yeah oh and I, i'll say this though uh the thing that pisses me off the most no nominations for uncut gems oh. and especially not even technical nominations like you wouldn't like i know you guys haven't seen it yet but like the 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 sound in the film like give it a sound editing oscar it's like the sound is insane in the film like the editing is absolutely insane and it's just ridiculous to like Joker's sound editing? Why? <laughs> what was memorable about the sound design of Joker? And the mixing of Joker? I, just, I understand for like Ad Astra, right? That makes yeah. sense because you get spaceships and fucking loud noises. And, it just makes, and like Ford versus Ferrari, the cars I'm sure are very yeah, yeah. You know, interesting to hear. But the Joker? Like what the fuck happens in Joker? Because they like drop out the sound and he dances to weird music? I, uh, fuck this movie. Yes, you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Right, such it's so brutal, and yeah. like the Lion King for best visual effects. What this is, I mean, it's essentially an animated film. It should be in the animated category, right? So they, uh, Disney did not submit it as an animated film, even though it is animated. Don't know why, but absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah, I remember hearing something about like that was a a question on people's minds, like right around when it was coming out. Like they were saying that it, you know, like. Like Aladdin and everything right. else, it's a live action remake, quote unquote, but it's all CG. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I don't. I haven't read anything about it or anything. I was watching the trailer. I showed the trailer to my uh, students yesterday because we were about to read Hamlet, mm. and um, some of the shots, like the animals. Okay, the animals are obviously CG, right? Right. But then I'm like, the but like the the backgrounds and stuff. Some of that shit looks real. Like I don't know if they like shot like background shots and then like animated stuff in, in the background shots or what they did. But mm. so I'm not sure if that was like, if that's why it qualifies as opposed to, and I think uh, for screenplay, if uh, 
I think I think Bon Joon Ho should win for Parasite because it's easily like the tightest film of the year. Extremely well written. Can't wait to see it. It's back in theaters right now. They it's oh, playing right. everywhere oh, right, 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 right now because uh, all these a lot of these movies are because of the Oscar nominations. Right. Yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, uh, anything else to say about these? Uh, I don't think so. Um, no. All right. Let's get to what we watched. Um, who wants to uh, begin? <laughs> Whichever of us is dying the least begins. Okay, I'll start. I uh, <laughs> I was one coughing. I'm actually gonna. Th- I didn't. I didn't watch that much stuff since the last episode, but I watched a shitload of stuff before the last episode that I didn't get to mm. talk about. So I'm gonna talk about. I, don't, I can't remember if I did. I talk about Dune last time. No, you okay, didn't. I'm gonna talk about Dune. I rewatched <sighs> Dune from 1984. I've been rereading the book. Well, I mean, I never. Act- I read. Um, maybe half the book about 10 years ago mm-hmm. and I just I don't even remember what happened but I didn't finish it ah. so I've been rereading the book and uh, just got really like psyched I saw actually what happened was I was on Facebook and I saw like this cut together video of I don't know, like a like a fan made trailer of it or something and it just like really got me excited to rewatch it and I rewatched it and uh, you know Dune is uh, notoriously uh, bad like people you know think it's awful and cheesy and they change the story and they add the sound guns and all that shit um and i you know though all those are completely valid criticisms of this film it's not a good film uh but but having said that there are things about it that are just so admirable (laughs) i just love the scale of certain things like the um the guild ship at the beginning, you see it fly in and land in the uh, emperor's palace. And it's like, you think like, Oh yeah, it's like a, like a spaceship, like a normal size spaceship. And then you see like this, this long far off shot of the people getting out of it. And the people are like ants crawling out of this thing. It's so yeah. gigantic. And I was like, that is badass. Like well, that's such a great idea. See g- gigantic fucking ship. And then uh, just like the guild members are like in these ridiculous like body bag suit things. And they're yeah. like, and they bring in the, uh, the navigator guy who's like hopped up on spice, you know, so he's all yeah. mutated and they're like vacuuming the liquid off the floor. Like there's just two random guys vacuuming the yeah. floor the whole time. <laughs> it's just like, that's the classic Lynch stuff that I really, uh, I really admire about the film. Mm. And obviously like the still suits look amazing. Um, some of the uniforms look pretty good. Some of them look really bad actually, mm. but, um, you know, but overall it's, it's definitely a mess, but I think it's, a, you know, it's obviously a mess because of studio interference. And if you watch the deleted scenes, which are on the Blu-ray and I guess they've <coughs> cobbled together some kind of director's cut, even though he, he disavows it. Yeah. But, um, I watched the deleted scenes and it's, it's, it's insane. Every deleted scene is great. Like every deleted scene is better than any scene that's in the movie, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, like let's let the guy do what he's doing. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. So it's just really unfortunate. And I'll say uh, another thing about it is that the uh, the score by Toto mm. and the there's one track by Brian Eno, unbelievable. Just like really, really. Like, yeah, I don't think Han, Hans really Zimmer good. is going to have trouble topping it. It's very, very good. Yeah, and like, and anyone listening might be like. Toto, you mean the band that did Africa? And like, yes, yeah. the band that did Africa, and yet, like, not ironic. Like, the score is actually really good. Yeah, I mean, the score is like 
<clears throat> it's weird because it's like half half of it's like symphonic mm-hmm. and half of it and not less than half of it a few songs are like pop songs like they would do except wordless yeah i don't know it's just a really solid score and it really works well in the film and it's very epic at times and yeah i mean i enjoyed watching i'd watch it again at some point it's not like it's a you know absolute piece of shit it's just like a train wreck is all it's just messed up yeah and uh but if you can look past like there's a scene <laughs> there's this deleted scene where paul has to fight one of the fremen to like prove mm. his worth or whatever and he kills yeah. the fremen by stabbing him and then he cries about it because he's like affected by he's never killed anyone before. Yeah. Which in and of itself is amazing. Like just the idea that you have this main character who's like emotionally affected by having to kill someone. Mm. Like you never get that in any blockbuster, you know? Yeah. And it's like Iron Man's not stopping to cry because he just killed somebody, you know? Yeah. And it's just like that's amazing. But then when he cries, the Fremen leader uh, who's played by um, Everett Gill, Everett yeah, yeah. McGill, uh, he, uh, he's, he goes he gives water to the dead. And I was like, that's such a fucking good, yes. line. I don't know if that's from the book or what, but it's like such I'm a good sh- line. I'm pretty sure it is. It's cause... such a good line. Like the idea that, yeah, it's like they're stunned that he's crying over this because like water is so valuable and he's yeah, like yeah, letting yeah. water go. Like that's just amazing. Yeah. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. And like, I actually like really like Kyle McLaughlin in that. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. Cause like, like, like some of the, some of like the more emotional scenes, like, you know, you can see like kind of how like young Kyle McLaughlin is. And, but like that fits the character so so well because like in the book like Paul's like fifteen yeah so it it only serves the story better the uh, by him by him be- yeah the remake is uh, on its way apparently for next year for Christmas next this year I guess this year Christmas this year yeah so we'll see I'm sure it'll uh, bomb horribly because nobody's gonna want to see it except you know like guys like us <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm still like that cast yeah the, the cast, cast is, is insane but yeah and apparently they you know they like they only sh- it's gonna be two parts do you know this yeah yeah which is like insane because it's like unless they're already filming the second part which they may be i don't know mm. like there's no like i just i i cannot fathom a situation where this movie makes money yeah. <laughs> like it's just not gonna happen so like i don't know how that like what if it fails and they don't get to make the second part this is gonna be half of a fucking movie, right? But or, or you know, it'll get picked up by <laughs> Netflix or Amazon. That which I'd be fine with. Yeah, yeah, actually. <coughs> but yeah, and like I kept, I kept seeing like, so far I haven't seen them cast um, Fade. They haven't cast Fade, no. Yeah, which I'm wondering about because like if they're, I mean, I guess like if they just want to keep uh, the Beast Raban, who's played by. Uh, Batista, like, well, they're saying he's the villain in the first half of the like. Okay. That's what the, that's what people like. I have I have a friend I work with who's like all over Reddit, and he's that's what he said. He read okay. he's like that he's going to be the villain of the first film. Okay, and then Harkonnen will come more in the second film with Fade. Right. Okay. But anyway, I mean, not to spoil things, but right. <laughs> Jerry, have you, you seen Dune? Yeah, I have. I've you, seen Dune. You love it? <clears throat> no, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I agree with with what you're saying it is yeah it's a it's a train wreck it's not lynch's fault no but i don't find it very enjoyable to sit through i'm with you yeah it was it was honestly like the first five minutes of it with the virginia madsen the princess irulan stuff i was like this is like i hate the fact that it's just pure exposition but the way he presents it is so cool (laughs) like she's like fading in and out of the starscape yeah and then the whole guild ship scene with at the beginning with the navigator i was like i like this if this keeps going like this this is gonna be a five out of five for me (laughs) 
<laughs> and yeah. then it just it does not keep going like that yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, and I will say the uh, sci-fi miniseries. Yeah, is trash. Like uh, yeah. pure unadult. Like if I was gonna rate that on Letterboxd, it would. Pff, I'm pretty sure it would be like a one and a half. I think How the dare act- you speak of William Hurt this way? I know William Hurt rules. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that William Hurt? Yeah, he plays. Yeah. He plays the father. He yeah, and he's. Lado. Yeah, he's decent in it, but like everybody else is really bad. I remember uh, actually Jonathan used to talk about it and he used to say, it's actually not that bad. It's pretty, it's a lot better than the movie. <laughs> but yeah, he was a kid, so you know, he was really obsessed with the books. He read like every one of the books. So Yeah, I got to the fourth book. I love the books. Yeah, I've only read the, what, 70 pages of the first one, so I'm, okay. just, I'm just working on it still. Yeah. But. <laughs> I read I read all the Frank Right, Herbert yeah, he didn't, didn't, he didn't right, right. nobody reads the Brian ones. Didn't go past. Come on. Oh, Kevin I s- J. Anderson. <laughs> I saw I saw a meme this uh this afternoon, like it's um like on the top it's uh Faramir from Lord of the Rings and like in front of his face is um like Brian Herbert's name <laughs> and on the bot and he's saying like you wish you wish um you wish it would. You wish it was me who died instead of Tolkien's son. <laughs> and on the bottom, it's Denethor. Yes, uh, like Dune fans. Yes, I wish that. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's all I have to say about Dune. Give it three. You know, it's not a. Uh, mm. It's it's interesting to watch, if nothing else. Someone go next. <laughs> so, so I uh, so. The other day, I rewatched Citizen Kane again for the first time in like forever, and like I was one of those champion heroes against it for the longest time, and I'm repentant now because I understand why it's heralded as such a great movie. Like there, were, there were things going on in that movie that I just did not have the ability to get when when I first saw it. Like, I mean, we're talking. When was that? The 40s? 41, right? Hey. Yeah, 41. 41, and Orson Welles has already been able to, like, splice himself into other existing film where, like, there's a scene where, like, they're doing newsreel footage and um, Citizen Kane is standing next to Hitler. And it's like... They had that in forty one. I don't remember that. Not bad. I believe you. But. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, like the 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 acting, the makeup effects, the um, just like the first like couple of minutes where they're like fading in and out, showing all the different parts of Xanadu. It's such a good movie. And so to continue on my Orson Orson Welles kick, I watched Mister Arkadin, and. I think this, like, I actually enjoyed the movie quite a bit, but I think it's another one that suffered a lot from people just not letting Orson Welles do his thing. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, what's the worst that could happen? But, um... Lose a bunch of money. Yeah, I guess, but that much money? Oh, I don't know. JR? I don't know how much our cotton costs. What? <laughs> Jar is half asleep, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I just—it's crazy that like, you know, Hollywood is filled with all kinds of directors who made multiple flops, and uh, 
for some reason they just could never let Orson Welles make his flops. And who knows if mm. they would have flopped. Right. Yeah, so Mr. Arcaden, like it op- it opens up with uh this guy and this girl stumbling across this guy who's just been just been killed. And his last his last words to them are uh Gregory Arcaden and uh and his daughter's name, which escapes me at the moment. But so then they go off to find this guy and they realize that like there's more mystery surrounding him. And then the guy should just look up the names. (laughs) Yeah. The guy guy, uh, (laughs) hard to remember. Yeah. Our, our like, tells him, look, I don't remember anything before this particular date, so I want you to find out about me. And so he starts to, and then then he starts realizing that all the people that he's spoken to about Gregory Arcaden are suddenly ending up dead. And, yeah, the, for me, it's the ending that kind of just goes, like, it's just, it seems, like, really, like, poorly cobbled together. But the rest of it, the rest of it is really good, and like Orson Welles is really good as Arcaden. What year is it from? Fifty-five. Mm, <coughs> I have not seen it, so I'll have to check it out. Mm. What'd you give it? Four. All right, Jr. We'll see you. Uh, see you next round for uh, Chimes at Midnight and the trial. Yeah, well, I've seen Chimes at Midnight, but I need to see the trial. Okay, nice. All right, um, I'm gonna go. All of mine are gonna be kind of brief. Uh, so yeah, I did. I did watch Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is about this Nazi youth kid who struggles in boot camp and uh, ends up working menial jobs for the party and. Sam Rockwell is, for some reason, this uh, party officer that continually gets demoted to be the kid's commanding officer. Uh, ScarJo is his uh, like anti-Nazi mother who is hiding Thomas and Mackenzie from uh, Leave No Trace in their closet. And uh, the kid discovers Mackenzie and struggles with what to do about it. And Taika Waititi is the boy's imaginary friend Hitler acting as a comedic devil on your shoulder as you know Hitler typically does <laughs> and uh like yeah YTD gets a few chuckles and Rockwell gets a few chuckles and then Steven Merchant shows up for this one scene that is uh actually quite good it's like the only time the uh the film like actually balances comedy with well, something darker successfully for me mm. and then it's otherwise it's just like swinging all over the place with these big emotional scenes that definitely like wanted me to cry and just it just failed you can it be failed honest. to get me you to can cry. be honest jr you wept like a little girl a little bit a little bit have you cried at films before jr yeah often yeah. often yeah okay oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah e- easy crier what's the last one you wept at? love crying uh rise of skywalker oh no shit did we talk no. about that Oh. No, I, I didn't actually cry. I, I, cried, I, I cried at it. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Uh, I can't remember the last movie I cried in. I it, cried in an episode of Roseanne the other day, so 
I don't know if I'm over emotional or what, but it was. I feel I feel I am susceptible to crying in a theater. Just like something about the big screen and like the music swelling and so loud, it really. I'm an easy target. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's uh, that kind of thing is manipulative, right? But I mean, yeah. I, when you get a genuine, like when a film genuinely affects me, I feel like, well, that's a really fucking good movie. Like if it yeah, actually yeah. made me cry, like if it wasn't just bullshit. <laughs> and like to be fair, I think the Skywalker stuff is a little bit of manipulative bullshit, but it really worked uh, on me anyway. So I don't know. It's definitely <laughs> manipulative. And this, you know, like, Jojo, like, everyone in Jojo Rabbit is good. You know, like, no one's bad. It's just, the way the story plays out, it just doesn't doesn't hit the things for me that it wanted to hit. So I gave it a three. It's, I don't know, three out of five is probably not going to be the worst uh, Best Picture nominee. <laughs> oh, right, because it's not the Joker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like is there something else that's even that's uh, just as bad? No, Bombshell wasn't nah. ready for that shit. What else? <laughs> I'm to think of I mean, I haven't seen Four vs. Ferrari or Little Women or 1917. You'll get I all hope. those higher. Oh, I, I could see you. I, I could see so. you going really hardcore on 17 though. Just being like, this is a pile of pretentious shit, and it's a one. Or you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I could just see. I feel it. Um, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. So I watched. Uh, Rapid Fire, which I received on a Blu-ray, uh, Twilight Time Blu-ray for Christmas, and watched it immediately because I just been meaning to rewatch it for a long time. I've seen it like a hundred times. It's an action movie with Brandon Lee. It's the one he made. It's kind of like his breakout film, mm-hmm. and then it led him to The Crow, which unfortunately was his undoing. But it's directed by Dwight H. Little, who uh, directed uh, Free Willy Two and uh, Marked for Death. So, uh, yeah, Rapid Fire is a delight. And if you have not seen <laughs> Rapid Fire, you're missing out, my friend. Especially if you like Brandon Lee and The Crow. Like, he's like, I think Brandon Lee was genuinely talented as an actor, and especially just as, like, a, he's very charismatic. Like, you know, mm. he draws you in, and you, you can just, he's infinitely watchable. And uh, the fights in this are amazing, and they're really well, well done. He apparently co choreographed them with some guy from Hong Kong. And um, yeah, it's just really badass. It's the story of the Chicago mob, and he witnesses a murder and has to kick all their asses. It's just nice. badass. And Powers Booth is in it as like a oh. just really super burnt out cop who works. He's got like his special unit that he runs out of a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and then there's of course this like hot like 25 year old chick who's supposed to be you know part of his unit who of course bangs the shit out of Brandon Lee in a great montage of uh, sex scene and uh, <laughs> heroin shipments that they're cutting back and forth between. Wow. Just a really fun movie though. I mean, you know, I don't not, it's not like this isn't a point break for me, you know. It's not like I'm mm. going to argue this is a great film, which I would for point break. But this is uh it's just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fucking fun. Nice. And it's also got my favorite fight scene of all time in any movie. Uh, martial arts fight scene. Oh. Which is uh between him and uh Al Lung. So the the, the oh, right. one, of, one of the high, one of the uh terrorists from Die Hard. Um and uh they have this amazing fight in a laundry room and it's it kicks total ass. It's just so so great. Highly, highly encourage you to seek out rapid fire mm. if not enjoyed yet. Uh yeah, give it a three and a half. It's amazing. 
We're always waiting for Kevin to get his shit together. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, last last time. Uh, no, wait. No, I think I did. I was going to say I didn't talk about National Lampoon's loaded weapon, but I'm pretty sure I did. I generally can't remember. <laughs> so, both of y'all have seen Ad Astra? Yeah. 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 Now, I'll say unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there were there were there were so many things in this that I wanted to enjoy, but there were so but there were so many things I was like that's 2001. That's Blade Runner. That's Solaris sort of. <laughs> I mean, it, it no, wants, it does have like, that. It's I, yeah, yeah. I, like, Sol- it's, Solar- it's Solaris like the, more than more than the others. Even I mean, I feel like uh, well, like there's definitely like, um, like with the uh, like the commercial travel. Like there's the like when he's a, originally like going to the moon, like it, the like the round thing, and he asks the the stewardess for something or other. Is there like um, a Starbucks sign or something on the outside of the I place think, too? I think so. Some um, kind of some kind of business sign. I can't remember. Yeah. And and like, it's funny too, like the JR, I think you said something about the narration in the movie. Now careful because JR loves this thing. He gave it a four out of five. <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs> I, I liked, yes. Right. Um but yeah, it's like so like I mean, maybe I, I could be reading too much into it, but like I, I figured like okay his name's Roy yeah and he's got some he's got some emotional emotional baggage so I was like okay this could kind of be Rutger Hauer from Blade Runner and like the narration like like especially like the first bit of narration sounded so clunky to me that it was like they didn't learn their lesson from Blade Runner um, well, I mean, I think the narration. Well, I mean, just like in Blade Runner, I think the narration was uh, s- like studio notes, as far right, as I've right, heard. Right. So it's you know, yeah, it's not. Uh, I don't think it's what James Gray wanted, right? Yeah, because I read like like one of the things that they were kind of trying to do was like like Heart of Darkness, but in space, right? And like I can definitely see parts of that for sure because there's like so much other stuff going on, and like for me, like that was one of the things where like. Like when they're they have like the moon buggy and like the um, the 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 shootout mm-hmm. with the with the moon buggies. I was like, it's like where's the rest of this movie? Because <laughs> like I would be interested to kind of see where that goes, but then it go but then it goes off and then kind of goes into another movie. Yeah, and. I was okay with it, and I think uh, I mean I wasn't like super into it ever, but mm. I was going along with it until he. Which is what, the funny thing is that like I, when you say like Heart of Darkness in space, like that sounds good to me. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's a good sell for me. I want that's what I want to see. And the minute he gets alone is like the part where I I check out though. It's like I don't want to see him by himself. I want to see him like like when he was with Donald Sutherland. I was like I watch I could watch him with Donald Sutherland traveling through space. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. But it's like the minute he like abandons that or he, whatever Donald Sutherland dies, I guess or something. What is happening? Yeah, no, he just he, like leaves the mission, right? Or does he die? I can't he remember. He's wounded. And well, I think yeah. like he had um he had some kind of like heart problem. Right. And then during the and... shootout doesn't something happen? I don't know. Anyways, but the point is that like yeah, you know, yeah. once he leaves the film, I'm just like I was kinda like, Well, this isn't this is less interesting now and then 
there were just that scene with the baboons. I couldn't. I can't. That uh, was. I can't do it. That <laughs> was one of the goofiest things I think I've ever seen. Yeah. In a movie that's purportedly, you know, like it's obviously trying to be like super serious and like mm. say something about like the, you know, about man's place in the universe. Sure. The uh, the competent captain had to die. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's but that's, that's so, but it's such a to... lame way to kill him, right? I mean, yeah, like, it's such like... a weird, like goofy. It feels like a sci-fi movie, like, <laughs> like the, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. way that Brad Pitt responds to it is like it's just the most clunky dialogue. One of the one of the uh, research primates attacked him. <laughs> one of the research yeah, primates like, happens to be a fucking like angry baboon. Yeah, like a ba- I'm like, I'm a... <laughs> I just couldn't deal with it. Yeah, it was just. I almost it was... turned it off, but I had to keep going. Yeah, baboons, it was, it was baboons too are dangerous. Much. I I agree, but like, that's yeah. Real. Is it real that they send baboons into space? Even though I feel like uh, there's chimpanzees probably, you know, in space, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not real that we go to Neptune either. Well, this is the or future, whatever planet they went to. I think yeah, it's Neptune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then like you know, like once they get to once they get to Mars, like you know, like another kind of interesting thing, like like uh, you know, this could like like the stuff that's happening on the moon and the stuff that's happening on Mars, like these could be like interesting little like you know, B or C plots in like a continuing story, which would be uh, like a, like a a TV series. Yeah. Or a novel. Yeah. Or a novel where, you know, you have like the time to like, I would read this as a novel. Yeah. Yeah. This would be, yeah. It'd be interesting. I think, but I agree. I think as a film, like as a blockbuster, which is essentially what it is. Yeah. This does not work at all. I don't think I, I agree. And like, uh, yeah, and like, and I was like, like watching Tommy Lee Jones in this. Like, I started, I started to think, like, I wonder, like, what Tommy Lee Jones is famous for, and like, like, like Robert Town, like, why is he, why is he revered the way he seems to be? Because like, I can certainly see it in No Country for Old Men. And you don't think that he's a good actor? No, I think he's a good actor, but like, I'm trying to think, like, what are like the other like. The really? Fugitive. U.S. Marshals. <laughs> yeah. yeah was, he won the Oscar for The Fugitive, so I guess that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think something like, like No Country would definitely be up there yeah. for fans of his. and Right. Uh, Coal and, Miner's uh, Daughter, maybe? I mean, he's like a... Yeah, the, I think like, that's the like kind of... The one that, like, that. Broke, they, yeah. broke him out. Besides, like... Um, he's in Rolling Lonesome Thunder. Dove. He's in Rolling Thunder also, which okay, is in yeah. the uh, 70s. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, like, I started to look Men at... Men in his, Black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a that's probably like the biggest film he's been in when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah, you're right. You're so, right. I like I, I mean I'm a, I I'm a big fan of Tommy Lee Jones. I think he's like a truly terrific actor. It's just mm. that he he makes really strange choices like when he chooses to do like he's he has that De Niro thing where he chooses to do these weird broad comedies and yeah, but he's yeah. not trying to be funny in them ever. Right. It's just, he's just like the straight man but it's just goofy and Yeah. I'm not like the uh the house bunny. No, that wasn't him. It was the other one where he was like a sorority house guy or something. You know what I'm talking about? I think it's Man of the House. Man of the House, yeah. And then there was another yeah. one with uh, Rene Russo. I've, I've seen both of those. Palm Springs or whatever <laughs> where he like goes to a couples therapist with Rene Russo. Rene Russo. This is recently. I, I do not remember this. Yeah, I mean, just just weird shit, you know. When it's like I, but then I watch him in like The Homesman, and I'm just like, this guy. It makes me want to cry. He's so good. Like it's just a fucking amazing performance. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't understand. So, 
Holmesman, man. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Holmesman. Amazing. Amazing. Great I need film. to check that out. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I need to rewatch it, honestly. I remember watching, uh, was that The Missing? Yeah, I mean, him and like I, I've Kate, actually Kate been... Blanchett? Yeah, it's a Ron Howard movie. I watched it in the theater oh. and was really bummed out by it. I remember being like disappointed in it. Oh, okay. But I... I might have been going into it thinking like this is going to be like the Patriot Part Two, and I was really into the Patriot at the time because of you mm. know the violence and everything, and I was like right, you know, right. eighteen or whatever. Yeah, but uh, I've been meaning to check it out again, get back into it, and see how it is. But Ron Howard, you know, is pretty awful, <laughs> so I don't, yeah. I don't know how it's going to be. But I mean, I, I like some, I like, I like Apollo Thirteen's okay and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so. I've been meaning to watch that again. Yeah, but anyway, okay. What did you give out? Oh, you gave it two and a half, right? Uh, two point seven five. Two point seven five. Yeah, because like, well, like it was like, <coughs> for me, it was really like it was really like a roller coaster. Like, this is really good. Oh, that's really goofy and dumb. This yeah. is really good. Oh, that's awful. Good, awful. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it was I, very back and forth for me. It was a bummer for me just because of like I, I'm a big James Gray fan. I, I like all right, of James right. Gray's films, and this was just. Not anywhere close to any of them for me. So yeah, I think the only other one I've seen of his is uh, "We Own the Night," but that's been like yeah forever ago. I love "We Own the Night." It's amazing. Anyway, Jer. Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched your homeboy Roger Avery's latest movie. Oh yeah, um, well, lucky be, you. Be gentle. Which, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I I did not hate it. Um, the. A lot of things about this movie confused me, and I can't remember how like detailed you your description of it was when you talked about it. I'm pretty sure you talked about it on. I here. did talk about it. I don't remember how, yeah. how much detail it went. It's just the um, yeah. It's like this Australian uh, like lockpick guy is released from jail. He goes back home to his French wife and kid Nina Dobrev, uh, and he like gets back tries to like get back into his life but then like a possibly fake french crispin glover shows up to exact revenge on him for something it's not really he killed his brother didn't he or something or like he left his brother to die or something i mean yeah it's it's one of those yeah something like something like that (laughs) it's not Um, important he's the villain (laughs) so avery like makes us into like a, a three you know, simultaneously moving narratives thing with like Bracy doing stuff and interacting with his weird ass parole officer, Clifton Collins Jr. Best part of the movie. <laughs> Dobrev uh, trying to sell her artwork at this like gallery owned by this horrible pig. It's like, was that David Hewlett? I think it was. And, uh, and then Crispin Glover's journey to find Bracy, which is just, uh, all it is is just him killing people, just goofy violence and him stealing cars. It's uh, it's really weird. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think any of those three parts like stand up on their own, and they don't come together until like oh, well over an hour into this ninety-minute movie. And uh, I guess Crispin Glover's like rampage is meant to be funny, but uh, it it wasn't. I I didn't think it was funny at all. I thought it was just we- it's just weird. It's maybe it's not even that weird. It's just uh gory. It's a aggra- yeah, it's like aggressively vulgar. violent and like yeah. and, and like almost like he's trying to do what Tarantino does to a certain degree like in Hateful Eight how well, how cartoony the violence gets. He's like he's getting yeah. to near that level except his violence isn't nearly as interesting because 
he's you know he's using CG and shit to accomplish a lot of it. And then there's like yeah, it's yeah. like this like when he kill when when he steals that car with the hydraulics, like that's a uh-huh. that's like so broad that that entire and it feels like a joke that you would make in like 1995, you know. Well, and and that might have been on purpose because a lot of this felt like sort of like a reboot or throwback to like this kind of 90s action dramedy like i mean that kind of quentin tarantino um inspired group of movies that came out in the mid 90s and Mm. you know i I, if it's going for that great but it just didn't really work for me and then like at the end avery he's like he pulls two or three too many twists Mm. um that are just uh kind of just eye roll twists and then he also gives this heartfelt monologue to Clifton Collins Jr., who again is great, but he's not been a particularly important character yeah. up until that point. It's just it's <laughs> it's just really strange. I mean, I agree. I think it feels like it feels like a like a back pocket movie that he had that he was just like, oh, I finally got the opportunity to make a film again, yeah. and this is going to be easy to make and cheap, and I can do it right now, and I've got it right here, and uh, hopefully it'll get me some you know notoriety so I can make something else. <laughs> it's it's uh, Roger Avery's it's like he was writing on the heels of his success on Pulp Fiction. He, like I listened to his interview on the Brady Stanella's podcast and he's t- he talks about this. He talks about how like how huge he was in the nineties and how like how much money he was getting offered to write scripts and do like, just like bullshit work on scripts, like dialogue polishing and stuff. And like, he was just getting offered like insane amounts of money after they won the Oscar for Pulp Fiction. And it's like, it's, it's like he got, to the point where he was finally finding his own voice he makes rules of attraction and it's a like i sincerely will 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 claim it's a great film and it's a unique film yeah. and it's not a tarantino ripoff at all and no. it's like it's an avery film and it's like and unfortunately he just like never got the opportunity to continue on that track because of you know the shit that happened to him with the um he got into a car accident he was like drunk oh. and just, like people died yeah. um but yeah, it's just like it, it, I feel like if he had kept on that track, he'd be he'd we'd be talking about him, you know, maybe not in the same strata as Tarantino, but maybe though, you know, maybe in that same strata. I mean, he'd definitely still be working consistently if right. he wanted to. So it's just a bummer, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean, I gave this a two and a half out of five. It definitely isn't like, you know, I'm not like stop working, Avery. I <laughs> I hope he gets more work. Me too. So we can like practice more yeah i agree he needs to get back into the like it's it's it, 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 yeah, it almost feels like a first film you know and it's not even as good as it's not nearly as good as his first film and it just no. feels like he's just getting like he it's like he, it's like he's a you know like a like he's been in an accident he's got to learn to walk again or something you know mm. he's got to learn to direct again he's got to learn to write again he's got to learn to create these uh interesting scenes and tight scenes and good characters and everything else it's just a yeah i hope i really hope he gets uh, back on it man but um, anyway, I watched uh, I watched Angst or Angst. Mm-hmm. It's a German film from 1983, directed by Gerald Cargill, <coughs> uh, which uh, Jr. has watched apparently. Yes, sure. I have no memory of this. No, it's a. Uh, well, I'll tell you what it's about. Maybe it'll uh, re- refresh your memory. It's about a. Uh, uh, it's apparently based on a true story of like this crazy serial killer guy. But it's about a killer who's released, uh, and he goes like a murder rampage. Essentially, he goes, he invades a home and kills the whole family. And uh, it's just it's seventy five minutes long. 
it's insanely frenetic. Like it's nonstop steady cam moving with like a fisheye lens almost, like a oh, super wow. wide lens. And it's just following this guy. He he gets out of prison, he goes to a diner, and it's just like him like leering at these women thinking how much he wants to like, you know, fuck them. And then, but he looks like shit, you know, because he's got a prison. And then he goes into the, he goes and breaks into this house, and he ends up. The family comes home. He ends up killing the whole fucking family. But it's like this insane sequence that lasts. It's like most of the film is him killing this family, and uh, he, like he drowns the brother. Uh, they're all adults, but he drowns the mm. brother, and uh, in a bathtub. And then he like I don't even know what he does to the mother. He she's like he like grabs her and he's it's like he's trying to rape her but he can't manage to make it work and he ends up like slamming her against a wall and she just dies and then the most graphic and brutal part is he chases the sister out who's like you know it's like 21 year old this really good looking woman he chases her out into like this tunnel that's like underneath the house and he stabs her to death and it's just insanely <coughs> violent and graphic and mm. he starts trying to drink her blood and shit and then he vomits everywhere and it's just <laughs> like it, it's it's absolutely nuts and I, I, I mean, I don't want to come off like a crazy person. I fucking loved it. Like it was really, really good. <laughs> like I really, really enjoyed it. And just another depressing story of uh, Gerald Cargill never directed another film. Oh. I don't know what happened to him after this. Like very little information. It's, uh, but man, this he does this insane thing with the Steadicam. I don't even know how he does it. Like I literally don't understand the mechanics of it. But the Steadicam. It's not even a steady cam. Sorry, a snorry cam. You know, snorry cam like it's attached to the actor and it's uh-huh. like looking at them, like uh, Requiem for a Dream or something. Mm. And it pivots all the way around the actor while he's running. Like I don't. So it's like attached to his waist or something. It's insane. Wow. Like what? How are you accomplishing that? I've never seen this shit before. And it's from 1983. <laughs> like wow. that, this is just absolutely crazy. But um, you know, so it's I, yeah. What under what like what was the circumstances for you watching this? Because I. I do remember this movie now, but I have no idea why I watched it. Yeah, so like I say, it was on Canopy. It was okay. free. And I had actually... Uh, <coughs> I have no idea how I heard about it because I actually had heard about it before because it was already in my watch list, but I have no recollection of putting it in my watch list. So I must have read about it somewhere. Like maybe I read about, you know, like most disturbing films or something like that, which I don't think it really... I mean, it, it would be disturbing to somebody who hasn't, hasn't seen disturbing films. But I mean, um, it's not... It's not pleasant. No, 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 not at all. I mean, it's it's definitely it's very graphic and like it's you know it's it's about a guy doing horrible heinous shit and it's, there's no humor in it really. I mean, it's kind of funny like <laughs> like the, the, the some of the shit that he has to do is kind of ridiculous. It reminded me actually of um I remember in an interview on the uh, the the disc for Bound the Wachowski brothers film. Well, I guess mm. they're the Wachowski Starship or whatever now. But anyways. Um, <coughs> I remember that Joe Pantoliano saying that, uh, or maybe it was one of the directors saying that Joe, Joe Pantoliano had to carry like everybody in the script. Like at one point he had to like pick them up and carry them. Cause like there's dead bodies and stuff. And he had to carry Jennifer Tilly when she was tied up and he ended up carrying Jer- Gina Gershon. And it reminded me of that because it's like <laughs> this guy in this film, he like literally, he just has to manhandle like every single person he comes in contact with in this movie. Wow. So it's just a very physical performance, but. And the guy they cast for it, this guy Erwin Leader, he's like the creepiest looking guy. I mean, mm. perfect casting, perfect <laughs> casting. But yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I gave it a four and a half. I really, really enjoyed it, and mm. uh, hope to watch it again at some point. Mm. It's not like a you know. It's like yeah. It's like 
like JR said, it's not pleasant to watch necessarily. I, I mean, I, I found it pleasant only because from like a technical aspect, like it's just fun to watch this guy go crazy with his directing, like in the way that he's moving the camera and stuff. It's just insane. It's just shit like I've never seen before. And this, this idea for a movie is a, it's like a completely insane idea for a movie. Like just watch a murderer murder people. And then mm. that's the end. <laughs> no, that's it. You know? Yeah. I just, I don't know, I have respect for people who uh, go off the deep end like this, so. But, uh, anyway, it's not like Solo is what I'm saying. Oh, you know? okay, right. Like, I don't, I'm not looking no. forward to rewatching Solo, you but know. But it, it yeah. I will at some point, but it's not like something I, I'm, like, craving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but this is like, like, Gaspar Noe's probably seen this movie. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I should, I think I read that it was his favorite film of all time or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. I think it's sense. on the IMDb page. Mm. Yeah, he, of course he loves this shit. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like, like I Stand Alone or something, like one of his early, you know, crazy yeah. psychopath <laughs> killer movies. Anyway. Hmm. So, speaking of Off the Deep End, I finally watched The Lighthouse. Oh, good, good, yeah. good, good. Holy shit. That is a movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking, like, uh, like when, like, The Witch was like 2015, and I believe, like, yeah, I believe yeah. So. It's like I want, I want more, like, I want more Robert Eggers movies. Um, like, obviously, obviously, I want him to take his time and like do, you know, do his thing the way he wants to do it, but like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, but uh, I mean, like, just like the way the way the the way the movie looks, like the sound, um, the performances, it's it's just amazing. Like it's fucking fantastic. And like, uh, like he said, like he says in a, in an interview, like, um, like Willem Dafoe in the movie speaks with this very very like pirate sort of accent, like you know. Bad, bad luck to kill, kill a gull. Um, and, and like you know, he he says like straight up, like if it was anybody but Defoe, like you would have thought this was like cartoonish and just dumb. Yeah, he but really like, pulls it off. Yeah, but like yeah, and I agree. Like anyone else but Defoe, and this and this becomes not good. My, you know, that's actually my only. <clears throat> if I had a minor complaint about the film, it might be that Defoe's performance is so. It's very good, and it's so big that it mm. overpowers Pattinson's performance in the film. That, like, I, I can feel, see that. I think less of Pattinson's performance because Defoe's is so good. Uh. Yeah, I mean, Pattinson is no sl- no slouch, but like, you're but you're right. Like, he doesn't have he doesn't have nearly as many of the bigger moments. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's kind of you know like within the context of the character, like he's you know his character's very very much more closed off but yeah I mean it's like it's like the you know Defoe performs that accent so well Mm. he essentially is that character which I mean it's like that's Defoe I mean he's just like he's very he makes it seem really easy yeah and like like most great actors do and when I see Pattinson I see Pattinson I can see him trying you know what I mean? I yeah, can't. Really, I don't yeah. see Defoe trying. 
I see right. patterns in Trump. I, I sometimes, see not mean. all the time, but just sometimes. Certain certain scenes, certain lines he delivers. I'm like, yeah, he's trying a little harder here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's relaxed. <laughs> I love Pattinson, but I mean, yeah, yeah, he's no, he's not, he's not at Defoe's level yet. Right. But that's not, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's a great film, and I completely agree with with everything you're saying. It's, mm. it's fantastic. And Robert Eggers, his next film, or the film that I've that I've heard he's working on is on as on as I knew age. <coughs> it's called. Um, what the fuck it's called the <laughs> north man i think or something oh. like that it's a viking movie <gasps> yeah holy shit oh yeah and it's got um it's stellan Sk- at catnip i know right it's got stellan skarsgård and alexander skarsgård in it oh and uh yeah i mean i'm just i'm hoping for the best here i mean right. I, I the guy has proven himself at this point i'm sure it'll be fine whatever it is you know yeah yeah, let's see. It's called The Northman. Yeah, it's in pre-production right now. Mm. And it's got uh, Anya Taylor-Joy also from The Witch. Okay. Isn't it? And Nicole Kidman. And Bill Skarsgård. Oh. And it's... Willem Dafoe. So. Oh, <laughs> wow. So you got to love this thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like it's going to be. Yeah. It can't not be good. A Viking revenge saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. I mean, Holy is there a better shit. synopsis you've ever read for a film? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what was the last Viking movie they made? You know, uh, fucking uh, Valhalla How to Rising. Train Your Dragon. Tra- oh yeah, of course. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Wait. Well done. Well done. <laughs> it's funny. I'm actually like about halfway through uh, the Silmarillion right now, which is oh like, yeah yeah uh, Tolkien's like you know what happened before Lord of the Rings took place, um, and yeah, like there's like obviously a lot of like Norse stuff going on in there. And so it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, like definitely looking forward to that. And like, uh, the other day, um, this is, this is kind of off topic, but, um, the other day I read, uh, this Jim Thompson book, population 1280. And like, it's like, you read it in a day. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. Because I was going to feel really bad about myself. I've been reading Dune for no, like it, two it, months now. And I'm seven, seven, page 75 here. <laughs> I've been reading Neverending Story since at least August. Yeah. And I think I'm on like page 70. So. I'm also, let me ask you this. And not, I'm sorry, we're way off topic now. But how many books are you in the middle of right now? Uh, th- let's see. Two. I'm in the middle of three. And I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how normal it is or abnormal it is. To I be mean, in the middle of three books at once. Like I'm I would in the ne- middle of five, and it's an accident, and I'm depressed about it. Yeah, I like I would <laughs> never be in the middle of three movies, for instance. You know what I mean? Like I would never like start a movie and then start another movie and watch it. Yeah, and come yeah, back yeah. to that movie. I mean, I might, I may have done that before, but I tried not to do that, and so it's like. But books are you know a lot different because they take so much fucking time. Yeah. Um. So like, I so the the movie uh it's pretty much the same thing as uh, the killer inside me it's about this small town sheriff in in texas who like you know is kind of a psychopathic killer but he like comes off to anyone who knows him as like this kind of doddering old kind of dummy yeah but i read that yorgos lanthimos is supposed to be helming a feature of of it <coughs> So like, I I still haven't seen either version of the killer inside me, but I've seen the KCF. I'm really, I'm really jazzed about this. 
because like what's the other version of the killer inside me there was one i can't remember the director's name but it was uh it was in the 70s and it was uh like had stacy keach playing um playing the part of uh the sheriff oh yeah whose name i can't remember susan tyrell yeah yeah uh like the the two leads from uh right city right right which you can check out on our podcast um that's interesting i did not know they uh i wasn't aware they did this earlier yeah i like i haven't heard a lot of good things about the casey affleck one and i have heard even less good things about the 70s one and i disliked the casey affleck film but uh, but i I remember nothing about it i just remember not liking it i don't know why so yeah it might be great i don't know yeah and yeah like I tried to try to find like any way to watch the seventies version and it doesn't seem to be readily available on any, any format. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. The guy who yep. wrote the, um, John Curran wrote the, uh, the one with the Michael Winterbotter film, bottom film, the, uh, Casey Affleck one. And he directed, uh, stone, which is, uh, an underrated film with, uh, De Niro and Edward Norton. Oh. And he did uh, Tracks, which is also pretty good. It's got a, it's about the lady who walks across the outback. Mm. Um, it's got Mia Wasikowska in it. And, uh, and also Chappaquiddick, which was oh, a pleasant surprise okay. as well. So Yeah, nice. John and if you're, uh, if you're trying to hold yourself over with another population movie with a weird sheriff, uh, <laughs> go watch Fred Durst in Population 436. You'll, uh, you'll be mad at me. Fred, Fred Durst <laughs> is in the movie? He's the sheriff. I thought he was just a director, not an actor. Oh, yeah. Oh no, he's 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 a Renaissance man, dude. <laughs> Are you gonna watch uh, the fan, the Travolta film? No, is that what oh. it's called? The, the, fan? the fanatic. Called? The fanatic. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, like I the fan was the one that, that we watched with, <laughs> like uh, De Niro and Snipes. Yeah, the fan. Right. Did you yeah, watch yeah. Gotti? No, I'm surprised. I thought you would have gave got, given given that a shot, mm. and you know, like did Fred Durst direct it? No, the guy from Entourage, E from Entourage, directed it. Oh, you know E? <laughs> no, I don't remember the Eric, Entourage characters. He was, he was like the short guy who was like his best friend, and he was his manager. Gross. <laughs> they always made fun of him for working at a pizza place back in Queens. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, I'll give it a shot. I'm sure it's no, great. Don't please don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. It might be. It it's, might be. Uh, okay. It's my pick this week, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, it would, that would be. I might have to. Uh, I don't know. I'd veto or skip the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a, a monologue podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Gotti, this movie's okay. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, nothing bad to say about Lighthouse, then. No. Um, All positive. Super solid, yeah. like the jerking off scene where he jerks <laughs> off to the mermaid statue. That was intense. Apparently, that was his first day of filming. Oh yeah, I think I read <laughs> something about that. Uh, pretty insane. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just to, a, that had to have been a choice. I know, right? I really had to put him through the ringer today. I, yeah, I, yeah, definitely yeah. A, a great looking film. Definitely. A, oh yeah, very worthy of the Oscar nomination, and uh, I think if there's any justice, it'll win. But yeah, like I, I watched it. Uh, I watched it in my bedroom, and like I like I turned all turned all the lights off, which I don't normally do. But I was like, this is this is the kind of movie that definitely had to get that to that sanctuary dark. lighting going. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really worship. You know? Yeah. Don't. Uh... 
just be ready for it to lose to the late seventies pastiche of the Joker. Joker, uh, excuse dude, me. if just Joker, Joker wins cinematography, I'm gonna cry. Like that's a that that would be a true sin. But did you see like how much like rain he had on the streets? Just like <laughs> Scorsese. <laughs> I think. I mean. I don't know. I will say not to get back into cinematography in the Oscars, but I will say like my second choice would be Tarantino's film because I think Richardson shoots the shit out of everything he shoots. And I think Richardson, you know, is one of the best cinematographies, cinematographers alive, mm. but like, I don't think any of the other ones have that, that interesting of a look, especially like the Irishman, for instance, I don't think the Irishman looks all that like exceptional. I mean, it looks fine. And I like Rodrigo Prieto, and I, I think Silence looked better. Is what I guess is what I'm saying. And he shot that. Mm. But um, was Deegan's nominated again this year for fucking 1917? Right. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. No, that's like, fair. I haven't seen that, so I, I so heard, actually heard, he he'll probably win because you think so. This that's like the the jizz in your pants cinematography supposedly. Right. I've yeah, heard that there's a lot a, of cinema. I've heard there's a great. I know, I've heard there's a great uh, set piece in it involving lighting. So, oh, okay. I'm uh, like flares at night. So, that, mm. you know, that'll probably get them all I mean, off. Deacons is often great. So, no, Deacons is good. I, I don't take anything away from Deacons. He works yeah, for yeah. shitty people sometimes. But um, anyway, hmm. so what? Five out of five. Yeah, five out of five. Not, like, no six. Yeah, five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go six. Not there. I mean, Dramatic wait, wait for uncut gems. You'll see. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's kind of kind of what kind of what am I anticipating? You know, it's coming on Netflix next month in Canada. Yeah, Blake told Sweet. me that he was like Sanity. he was like, dude, you gotta you gotta buy a VPN. <laughs> My VPN. Okay, I'll tell you though, I have a VPN and because uh, I download a lot of shit, and, right. but like it doesn't. I've tried that. I've tried to sign up for Netflix like in another part of the country or another country uh-huh. and it won't let me like it tells me to turn my vpn off before i can do anything oh. so it might be like the type of vpn i have or the brand or something but oh. it's unfortunate anyway mm. jr nothing? all right uh this is my last one okay um so i was browsing uh amazon prime their originals and i was uh Ooh. deciding between the aeronauts and late night and eventually watched both of them, but Late Night uh, is an abomination that we should never talk about. Is that the Mindy Kaling uh, movie? Yeah. Okay. And it's, man. That's like, worse than Aeronaut. <laughs> so much worse. Wow. Surprise. So I'm actually surprised. I, well, I don't, because I didn't think the Aeronauts was bad. Well. <laughs> Even though it's it's like, it's two actors that I super hate, yeah. Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones. Fish face uh, and hottie. Just kidding. <laughs> they, uh, like, this guy, Tom Harper, he put out another movie earlier this year called Wild Rose that was pretty good. Um, it had a really good performance from Jesse Buckley in it. She was like trying to, she's a Scottish convict trying to become a country star. Okay. Which, you know, not bad. Sure. Uh, Wild Rose. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones, like, you know, get in this hot air balloon and try to reach the altitude record. While Redmayne also tries to uh, collect research for his wild and laughed at idea of predicting the weather, because <laughs> yeah, oh, right. it's absurd. I was, was, the, 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 there was a, that classic scene uh, in the film in the trailer where he's trying to convince him, and they all start laughing and walking out of the room. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's in the I don't you know I don't know at all British 
science professors work at the same university yeah. and they all go to these these meetings. I don't I don't get it. It's like Lost City of Z, but, except that was better. Yeah. When they did that scene. It also reminded me it's like it reminded me of like the parliament and um oh, shit. Whatever whatever that Churchill movie was. Oh just uh Dark British, Hour, Darkest Hour. Just like British uh organized events before 1970 just went too disorganized for me. I don't get it. It's like anyone can say anything at any point. Like, be fucking polite. There's no uh, decorum at all. Right. No. <laughs> uh, but like once they're up in the air, like, you know, it's just like one ridiculous, you know, conflict that's about to kill them after another. And it's really stressful and it's pretty fun. As, you know, it's like how's it look though? I like I, I was I, I when I watched the trailer, I was I was kind of like put off by how bad the CG looked, but I don't know if it's that was just the scenes in the trailer. You know, it is not that bad. There, like, there was a moment like where uh, Felicity Jones is on top of the balloon. Yeah, that's in the trailer. To do something, she and climbs. I thought that looked much better than it could have. Oh, okay. I was worried about uh, like yeah, there's like constant green screening and you know like it's. I really thought it was not that bad. Does he try to get uh, into her pants? No, there's no like romance not. stuff in there. No. Okay. I actually think the like we get flashbacks to both of their lives, and those are by far the worst parts of the movie. And those are the parts that actually look the worst because that's where the budget stretches itself with like the period um, mm. England that they can't replicate cheaply. Right. But yeah, it's a uh, and I disliked Redman and Jones far less than I typically do. I don't know that I've actually seen her yeah. in anything except she was in an episode of Girls, but I don't know that I've seen her in anything else. Seriously, you never saw The Theory of Everything? No. Uh, well, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I do like. I used to be a huge fan of uh, what what the fuck his name is the guy who directed it because I liked his his one of his first films, The King, with uh, Gail Garcia Bernal and William Hurt. I was oh, a yeah, I like huge that. fan of it when I was younger, and uh, I, I I watched uh, I watched some other movie that he directed though recently, and it wasn't good. Mm. I can't remember what it was though. Oh, it was, some, it was uh, like an IRA movie. It's called like Shadow Boxer or Shadow Dance or some shit. Mm. It was it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I Clyde Did Owen he... in it. Man, I was... that theory of everything got like nominated for so many Oscars. It was such yeah. a big deal. He won, right? For that, I think he didn't he oh, win James for like the Marsh. Danish girl, James, James Marsh, yeah, 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 James Marsh. Red ah. Redmayne won for Theory of Everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. pretty sure Felicity Jones did too. Oh, okay, yeah. So, mm. uh, and James Marsh did that uh, really good documentary, yeah, the Wire uh, movie, yeah, the Man on Man on Wire. Man on Wire. I I actually haven't seen that either. So, but I have he- heard it's good. And one of the Red Riding trilogy movies, which are and I've oh. actually been meaning to watch those ever since I watched The yeah. King the first time, and I just have never gotten <laughs> yeah. around to them. But um, they were in my Netflix queue for like ten years. So <laughs> same, yeah. <laughs> but I, I have little. I don't have as much faith in James Marsh as I used to. So oh yeah, you, you shouldn't. <laughs> Red Riding is still good. Yeah, I'll check it out at some mm. point. I definitely want to watch Man on Wire at some point. I'll, uh, you know, more than The Walk, for instance. All right. Well, uh, what'd you give Aeronauts? Oh, three and a half. Oh, well, that's not bad. Mm. Um, well, I guess, it's entertaining. I'll, I'll just briefly say that I uh, I took a shot on a, a movie called Iceman, which was oh, from a couple like, of years ago. You drink alcohol? What? 
No, no. Oh, I see. You took a shot. I get it. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's very clever. Oh, oh, oh! I forgot. I went to my first strip club. I should talk about that. <laughs> should you? Should I should. You I should that? talk about that. No, I really no. It's it's uh. interesting because I have I'm 34 years old and never been to a strip club, and I don't know oh. how how weird or normal that is. Kevin, have you been to a strip club? Yeah. Have you been to a strip club, Jr.? Yeah, but only in like scenarios where like a bachelor party forces me to go sure i mean it's not like i went by myself one night to a strip club and mm. you know uh had a great time i my brother works at at a, at a club in new orleans and uh he wanted we went to go see bill burr on friday oh, nice. last week last week and uh which was fantastic and he was absolutely hysterical his opener was horrible horribly unfunny oh no uh, but he was—he made up for it. He was just killer, and he killed for like two hours. It was insane. He made fun of so many people in the audience. It was amazing. Um, and it's all new material. I've never heard any of it. Mm. And anyway, uh, so my brother was like, "After after this, we'll go to, we'll go up to the club. We'll check it out, man." I was like, "All right, you know, I've never been to the club. That sounds like yeah. uh, could be fun, you know." And so I don't know what to expect. I've only seen movies, you know. I just saw Hustlers, so you know, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. And we went to the club, and I. Uh, I got there and I don't know what I'm doing. And he, uh, of course he, he knows everybody. Like we walk, we get in for free. We go to the VIP room for free because he works in the VIP room. And, uh, there's like a girl dancing on the stage and stuff. I'm like, well, this is like, seems pretty, uh, you know, standard. And then I sat down and, uh, like four seconds after I sat down, a girl sat right beside me and started like, you know, uh, asking me questions and talking to me. Like she was, you know, just fascinated and everything I had to say. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, my brother gave me a bunch of singles and I was like, okay, you know, I've yeah, got singles yeah. now. And I guess I'm supposed to give these to the lady who's on stage. I don't know what to do. And so he was like telling me what to do. And I ended up throwing them at the lady on stage. And then, uh, you know, he, uh, he bought me a lap dance, which was really, uh, way more gratifying than I thought it would be. Like I've never, I, I always assumed that would just be like a huge tease and kind of just boring and lame, but man, mm. it was, it was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was super good. So, uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed myself. And then we, went, we ended up going to two more clubs cause they're on the same street and he knows everybody. It's like the mafia Don down there. He's like wow. shaking everybody's hand and they're all wanting to buy him drinks and shit constantly. It was insane. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I feel <laughs> like I should bring that up, but, uh, <laughs> Oh oh oh! I totally fucking forgot. Fuck fuck Iceman. Iceman was a piece of shit. Oh. I, I, f- I forgot we watched we watched a All movie. Right. We watched a movie at his apartment later that or oh, right. the next day, which was uh, movie forty three, which is the oh. uh, comedy anthology movie from Peter so Farrelly. This one's not a piece of shit. No, it is. But uh, <laughs> I actually gave it the same rating as Iceman. But oh. but uh, it does have uh, you know it's because it's an anthology film. It's got different segments so you can judge the different segments you know differently um and like i would say like the first two segments are actually really solid and pretty funny Mm. um especially the second one which is uh leah schreiber and naomi watts play parents of this teenage boy and they're homeschooling him and because he's they're 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 having a conversation with their buddies like their their couple friends and their their friends are asking them, oh, if you're homeschooling, doesn't he miss out on the social aspect of everything? And they're like, oh no no, we we got that all covered. And so they essentially like they act as his like social uh, situation also. So they're like they they bully him, <laughs> and like they they call him a faggot and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, it's, and, and, like, like, <laughs> like his dad is like pounding on him and shit. And then his his mom hits on him like she's the girl at school. Oh gosh. <laughs> It's really fucking awkward and weird, but it's it's very very clever and funny. <laughs> and then after that, it's just like 
six more vignettes that are just absolute trash and not funny uh. at all and just brutal. <coughs> so I can't recommend it at all. But um, mm. but if you if you find those two first skits online, check those out. Cool. The first one is uh, Hugh Jackman with the uh, he's he's got a pair of balls like hanging off his chin, right? Which is like I think the famous thing everybody talks about. But yeah, yeah, it's actually not bad. It's kind of funny. Hmm. See, it's surprising to see you know like Kate Winslet and Hugh Jackman sinking to that level of comedy. But I don't really think they understood what they were doing uh, when I read about it. <coughs> It seems like uh, the guy who made the film was like calling in lots of favors and stuff, and <laughs> that the actors were just enjoying the idea that they didn't have to work very long, <laughs> and they were still getting paid. Right. So like Richard Gere is in one of them, which is weird. You know what I mean? So it's like you just said like, the caliber of actor is way higher than it should be. Uh, but it's a piece of shit <laughs> overall. It's a one and a half. <laughs> Jr., have you seen movie forty three? I have not, and I will not. You will not. I don't think so. I mean. I wouldn't bother. I've never heard but, I mean, anything just, good yeah, besides I mean, what you just said. I mean, I, yeah, just those two. Enough. Just those two. And like, like, yeah, it's not. It's like fifteen minutes of the movie, maybe, and it's, it's not even worth. Like, I wouldn't say it's worth like going on Netflix just to watch that and then oh, turn wow. it off. It's not that good. It's just. It's funny. It's kind of funny. But anyway, that's all for me. Yeah, that was all for me too. Um, although I, just real quick, like I think uh, Clive Owen. Is not a good actor. Whoa. Um, I I, I realize it. Yeah, maybe a hot take. Um, also, have you? Uh, what does that have to do with anything? Well, you mentioned uh, him in <laughs> oh s- something. He was in something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that yeah. Shadow movie, whatever. Okay, yeah. Um, but also, <laughs> uh, have either of y'all watched Extras, the Ricky Gervais show on no, HBO? No, I've. Uh, yes, I have not. I've. I think I've tried to watch uh, Life's Too Short, but I okay. haven't gotten very far into it. Yeah, I liked the I liked the first first season of Life's Too Short, but uh, extras extras is very is very good. Like um, like the reason I bring it up is because like like Ricky Gervais plays an extra, and there's like one of the movies that he's an extra in is like a Nazi movie, and like Kate Winslet plays uh, she's in it's it. And the reader going for that Oscar. Yeah, she ta- she's talking about going for the Oscar. Like, you want to win an Oscar? <laughs> Play a mental, guaranteed Oscar. <laughs> Tom Hanks, su- little bit such of a uh, little yeah. bit of a, a lift from uh, Tropic Thunder, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's also yeah. older than Tropic. Oh, Thunder. is it really? Okay, well, I think maybe so, Tropic Thunder is lifting from uh, Jackstraws. I don't know. Could be, yeah. And uh, and also like uh, a wonderful performance from David Bowie. Oh, like uh, Gervais meets Gervais meets him at a club. And he starts like complaining about like the the show that he's doing, and Bowie like turns around and like, poor little fat man lost his sold his soul. <laughs> poor little fat man sold his dreams. <laughs> turns around to the piano, chubby little loser. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Is that yeah. on anything? Is that on Prime or anything? Um. I don't know. No, I mean, it's a, an HBO show. Oh, is so, well, a yeah, of, yeah. A lot of HBO shows are on Prime, right? Oh, okay. um, like I don't Sopranos know. and Boardwalk Empire and all that stuff <coughs> are on Prime now. It might be, um, or it might be. Um, it might also be on Netflix. Oh, okay. Let's we'll check but, uh, both of those. Yeah, I would. I would definitely recommend. I would definitely recommend it. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I guess if that's all, then let's talk about uh, autofocus. All right. So. Um, Autofocus is a film by Paul Schrader from 2002. It stars... Uh, he didn't write it, though. Some other guy wrote it, mm. which I thought was 
weird because I didn't realize that until this time watching it. Right. But um, there's a, a handful of movies that he, he directed without writing. Um, it stars Greg Kinnear and Willem Dafoe and Maria Bello and uh, Rita, whatever Wilson. her name is. Wilson. Wilson yeah. yeah. Tom Hanks' wife. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's about uh, the fellow from Hogan's Heroes whose name is... Bob Crane. Bob Crane, that's right. And uh, his seedy lifestyle, mm. his career, and his eventual murder. So what... Now, this is my like fifth or sixth time seeing this movie. I used to watch it a lot. I used to love it. Um, no spoiler there. Not saying I don't love it now. Just saying I used to like it a lot. Uh, I just got the Blu-ray from Twilight Time. Mm. So that's what I watched this time. And I want to talk about that release specifically. But huh? b- before we get into that, what did you guys think of uh, Autofocus? I thought that Willem Dafoe was a national treasure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. like you know, we talk. You know, we like he's quickly. There's not enough Willem Dafoe love on this episode already. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, like we always, you know, we always talk about him, but like, I feel like he genuinely is that good. Like, he's one, he's one of the few people who actually lives up to the hype that's around him. At least, at least on this. Podcast. I feel like the hype, the hype that is around him though, is pretty recent. Like, yeah, I don't feel like people were really giving him a lot of due prior to his Oscar nomination for yeah. Florida Project. I mean, I feel like, I mean, people in the, you know, cine, cinephile community maybe were, but like, he's definitely like, he's considered a great actor. Now he's like entering into that pantheon of like, you know, when you talk about great actors with your mom, she might actually know who Willem Dafoe is at this point. You yeah. know? And it's like, which is weird and interesting. And he's just so different than the rest of those guys because he's, completely fearless it's it it appears as if he's fearless he'll just do anything you know and he's the choices he makes are insane and uh yeah (laughs) like i mean i was you know that i read an interview with him or i uh, saw an interview with him rather on on i think i I think it was on conan and um he was talking about how uh they're asking about the dirt when he gets buried alive in lighthouse Uh he's saying it's real dirt and it was in my mouth and everything i was like it's like that's nuts like like, why would you subject yourself to that? You don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure yeah, they yeah, have yeah. fake dirt they could throw on this, like, or like cookie <laughs> crumbs or something. Ground up a bunch of Oreos. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, no. You got that real dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's nuts. He's nuts. <laughs> but anyway, I agree. He's great in the film. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, this character that basically steers Bob Crane into <clears throat> his doom, like, he's the accidental architect of. Yeah, Bo- like Bob's downfall, mm. but he also like he clearly like is a, so obsessed and in love with uh, with Bob. It's and the way he pulls that off is just wonderful. Like whenever like Bob tells him to go away, like the look of longing on his face is just so yeah. heartbreaking. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. I like yeah, I like when he's the the one of the one of the last scenes in the film when they're talking. On the I phone. set up all these orgies for you. I know, right? <laughs> Like he says, he says, uh, he's, he's like, I just, he, he goes, he goes, you know, were you, were you serious about what you said earlier? And then Bob Crane says, I just need a break. And then he thinks about it for a second, he says, you'll change your mind. <laughs> it's like, he's completely delusional. Like he's just off yeah, the deep end yeah. at that point, you know? It's great. Yeah. Like it was really interesting. Like the tonal, like the way, like the way the tone of this movie goes, like it starts off like this really bright and, you know, snazzy biopic kind mm-hmm. of thing of a, of a TV actor. And like, 
like there's like it's very subtle how like it starts to get like darker and darker and darker and then like by the time it gets to the end it's like you know it's like an entirely different movie i mean yeah not even watching it darker and i mean darker uh thematically but also like literally darker like the film changes like act like aesthetic tone yeah and and i mean i i watched an interview with uh, schrader on the disc and he talks about how you know just the classic thing of you know at first his life is stable so all the shots are lopped off all the shots are on you know tripods or whatever and then eventually it becomes entirely handheld and crazy at the end you know and it's just like completely out of control and yeah like it's just i mean it's a simple thing and kind of a cliche of directing i guess but like i don't know really i feel like it really works for the film yeah i agree Really, I mean, because there there is a there is like a clear progression of these guys uh, spiral the downward spiral of Bob Crane and of uh, John Carpenter, who's Will yeah. Defoe's character. Yeah, and like I think like this is this is an easy movie to point to as like you know kind of a quote unquote film film school kind of kind of movie. Like like if you want like looking at like you know changes changing of a movie as it goes like this is how you want like the pacing and the structure is what you know really makes it work and Paul Schrader does it very well I completely agree Mm. Greg can you have my oh yeah no (laughs) (laughs) okay I was gonna say I my issues with the movie the the few that I have do come from the pacing and part of that has to do with like uh, the Kinnear narration that appears every once in a while, almost as if to like uh, kind of like break up episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the narration starts very basic and like does become more interesting and more of like like self delusionally uh, defensive of his actions, which is good. But it's how rarely it pops up, I didn't really care for. It. But then even with that, the felt like the passage of time was pretty strange. Like there, the first two scenes with Willem Dafoe are like five minutes apart. And he like, I was like, yeah, I'll abandon plans with my family and go to the strip club with Willem Dafoe, who I just met. And then the next time you see Willem Dafoe five minutes later, Bob has completely forgotten who he is <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah. yeah. I thought like, that was weird much, too. Cause you follow, has it been months? you like, follow Carpenter into that scene. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, okay, so he's like going to meet him and behind this, you know, behind, backstage of the strip club. That makes sense. He's gonna go pick him up and do something. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, who are you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Was, that was weird. I agree. And I mean, I, I'll say that. I mean, I, I've, I've criticisms of the film. I don't, I don't love it unabashedly. I, I, the problem I have with it mainly is the you can um, there's something about the the aesthetic of the film or something. Uh, it has the look of a. I wrote it. I wrote in my notes. Actually, it has the, the look and the quality of like a early two thousand straight to video like serial killer biopic when they were making all those like Gacy's and Dahmer's oh, yeah, and all that yeah. shit, like Bun- Ted Bundy and all. That. It like looks like one of those movies. It looks like it has the same budget as those movies. And mm. that's not. I'm not trying to knock it. Like you know, it's not. It's not on the same level of those films uh, creatively. And I mean, obviously, the the cast is more talented and Schrader's more talented, but. But it's just the look of it is very like low budge for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like Greg Kinnear's performance, like it's not bad, but I don't know. Like it just doesn't seem like 
I don't want to say it doesn't seem believable, but it just like he like like he doesn't like draw me in or like make me believe so much that he is Bob Crane the way say Willem Dafoe does or even like Michael McKeon playing mm. playing that uh, that exec for uh, Sony when uh for like 4 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like could like but like even for 4 seconds like Michael McKeon like you believe him as I mean I as, like the uh, the guy what's his face who died recently he plays the agent uh he's uh Rachel's well, father on friends. Oh yeah. Um, li- I don't know. Lynn. Some, something. Anyways, yeah. but he, I thought he was terrific too. I mean, yeah. I, thought, yeah. I, I think all the actors, I, I, I think Greg Kinnear Ron is good. Ron Liebman. In, Ron Liebman, so, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think all the, I think Kinnear is good in the film. I think he suffers from, like, I think he's great in the first half and then the second half when they start putting all the prosthetic shit on him and the gray hair and the goofy s- disco glasses and everything, mm. I think it becomes a little bit, you know, like, it's not necessarily his fault. It's like he becomes more of a cartoon as the film goes by. Right. And uh, I think the progression of his character makes sense to me. But the him becoming him, him descending into Lothario mode uh, physically kind of is unbelievable. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's I think what he looks like. I don't know. It's like, as far as, like, the story goes, it's, like, totally insane to me that, like, Bob Crane managed to do, like, to to descend that much without the help of alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah. 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 Like he's on TV, like live TV talking about the, on audience members, you know, boobs. He's a balloon smuggler. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And a balloon smuggler. How are you doing this when you're not, fucking wasted out of your mind he's high on sex man yeah Yeah. uh, but i do like the idea that he uses that to rationalize it a few times in the film though you know where he's exciting like i don't drink and i don't smoke and i don't do drugs and i don't do anything bad this is the only thing and it's like i could totally see that as being his rationale and why he's Mm. allowed himself to let himself go to that extent you know but uh yeah i mean i don't i don't know he's i i i enjoy him and i like i like greg kinnear though you know i think it's also a thing of like whether or not you like greg kinnear because he seems like an actor that some people don't really give a lot of credit to. Man, I think because his career started out with him. Well, I mean, obviously he was like the host of Talk Soup, I think at first. But oh. but when he but when he started acting, you know, he got I think he got an Oscar nomination like for as good as it gets, and that's like one of the first big things that he did. Yeah, and uh, he's kind of never reached that level again. He's kind of just kind of uh, descended into. I mean, I think the last movie I remember him being was Heaven is for Real, that uh, Chris, oh, yeah, Christian yeah, yeah. Uh, goofy family uh, movie. Yeah. I mean, I loved sure him. I, I love As Good As It Gets. I love him in As Good As It Gets. He's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This one just didn't just didn't have the magic for me. Well, uh, I was oh, I was going to say also that um, the, 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 that aesthetic of the film being like a straight-to-video movie from the early 2000s, which I mean, it's from 2002, so it's, mm. it's from that time period. You can't help that. But I think uh, Battle of Minty did the score, the guy who does the score oh, yeah, for yeah. all of Lynch's films and everything. And I think his score contributes to that a little bit. Like it's he's because he's got that plasticky synthesizer kind of low tier, <laughs> low quality score that he kind of get, which works perfectly for Lynch's films. Yeah, and but like, when it's not was when it's in a, a film that's not surreal at all, when it's, it's supposed to be grounded in reality and a historical. Uh, lens you know it just i don't know if that it yeah. does that much for it and like the the funny thing funny thing about like the score like the the very the very end of the movie um like the the score that's going over that like 
like I was thinking like okay this sounds like exactly what would be on like uh, s- some true crime documentary yeah. show but it's also now. it's that's pure lynch like whenever, he, whenever yeah, you're right, the murder you're right. happens like that you know like the droney you know synthesizer yeah yeah it's yeah. Just totally uh totally lynch yeah because the funny thing was like after after I finished the movie I started like one of the documentary that was on the disc about like the the actual murder and it's like oh the music sounds really similar here oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you probably watched it yeah, yeah. lifted the shit from it it's yeah. funny now let me ask you guys a question because I like I said I watched this on the Twilight Time Blu-ray uh-huh. I had the DVD before I don't remember if this was on the DVD in the on the Blu-ray there are certain scenes when they are watching their homemade pornography together and it is censored. Yeah, the DVD that I had, it was censored. Is it censored? Where did you watch it, JR? Uh, illegally. Did, was it censored? I did not. No, no, it was not censored. It like, like had it was like was blurred censored? out. Like when yeah, yeah. the first time he shows him video of them fucking, right? It's blurred out. And then there's another scene later on where uh, somebody's like, he's like, oh look, she's about to give you a head, and then they cut to it, and like when her head goes over his crotch, it blurs it out. Oh, that was not that was not blurred out. That's insane. It's on a yeah. Blu-ray release. What is the issue? Why yeah, is I this mean, on there? I don't understand it. It drove me nuts. I was like, when the first time it happened, I was like, fuck this shit. I paid so well, I didn't pay shit for it. I mean, I got it for as a gift, but it's like this is an expensive blue. It's a thirty dollar Blu-ray. Like this should not be fucking censored at right. all. Right. Yeah, and like, like, like the the interview with Schrader was it like a new one that they had done specifically for it? Or no, it didn't. No, the thing I watched was like a, a make the making of featurette. Oh, so it was okay. like it was all footage from the the time, and like they were right. talking about like it hadn't come out yet. It was like press junket shit. Like you know, okay. you're going to be blown away by Kinnear in this thing. You know, it's like right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't like. Yeah, that would be an interesting thing to find. Like, I mean. I mean, I know that Schrader's notoriously, like, been fucked with by studios right. and told to change his shit. But, like, right. to, to, to but just... But to do that to, like, the final, like, the, like and just negative now, or... Yeah, just, like, to have it still that way now. Yeah. From Tw- and Twilight Time is, like, I mean, they're essentially, you know, they're a boutique label, like, Criterion. They're trying to release shit, you know, I would imagine, to the director's specifications. Right. I, I can't imagine that's the way he wants it, but I don't know. It's yeah, I mean, kind unless... Kind of a bummer, but... Not yeah. a huge deal, but just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, unless there's like, unless that's stuff like just is lost or like doesn't exist. Well, I mean, Jr. saw it. <laughs> oh right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Jr. Yeah, did see it. I don't know. Maybe you downloaded uh, like a like a, a, a European everything. like a European cut or something. Oh yeah, it yeah. just reminds me of like Eyes Wide Shut. That you know they they digitally add in these robed men <laughs> over people who are fucking. And it just oh. looks awful, and it's just like such a bomb. It's like this is the last Kubrick film. Just let him do whatever he wants. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, especially for like a home release, <laughs> like I could see, you yeah. know, like theater, like whatever. Sure, but like beyond that, like you know, no rating. So yeah, exactly, just let it be what it is. It's, I mean, it's an eighteen-year-old movie. It's like do whatever yeah. the fuck you want. Like you don't have to release it censored, but yeah. It is what it is. It's not that big. If it, if it was like, you know, uh, five out of five for me, I'd be more pissed off. But it's not, right. it's not quite there for me. So, yeah. <coughs> How do you guys feel about the dream sequence? little Mishima action going on. The uh, sequence when he's on Hogan's Heroes and he like has the daydream. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was interesting. It actually reminded me a lot of um, 
the movie Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, the Rob Cohen film, where he's filming Enter the Dragon, and then he has like this he like daydreams out of it, and he has to fight that demon thing in his dream. Have you seen this movie? No. Oh, he like fights this like this is samurai demon thing in his dream oh, throughout okay. the whole film. He's like multiple fight scenes with this. Like, mm. uh, reminded me of that because at the end oh, of it, they're yeah. like they're like Bruce, Bruce, and at the end of this one, you know, like, Bob, you ready? <laughs> you <know? laughs> but anyway, I like the dream sequence. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I enjoy it. Sue me. It's unnecessary <laughs> to be to be sued for that. I have no right. more notes for this. So, are we done? Uh, you know, I thought I was not familiar with the story at all, mm-hmm. and I definitely thought that both uh, the ending was abrupt, and <clears throat> that was also like by design. I'm not sure, like, if I love that. It's like, <clears throat> his murder happens so fast, and then we are out of the movie so fast. Just, it was fast. <laughs> yeah. I didn't love the prosthetic body that they made. I didn't think it looked anything like Greg Kinnear or Bob Green, um, the one that they hit with the tripod. Mm. But, uh, you know. That's, you know, it's a budget, you know, you don't, they don't have the money to make it look exactly right, I guess. Yeah. But I thought the blood spray ruled. Yeah. <laughs> My only issue with that was like, it seemed, it seemed like the cut, like, <clears throat> like it could have been edited a little bit tighter to yeah. where like the, the blood, like, it seems like it was hit and then like, like a noticeable lag between no, when, the, when the spatter yeah. uh, hit the wall. I think they wanted you to see the hit go into the head because right. they paid for this dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um. You know, you guys, are you guys, uh, what do you guys think? You think uh, Carpenter did it? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think the movie obviously portrays it that way. But. Yes, like, yeah. all, all I know is what the movie showed me, so yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he died of a heart attack a couple of years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently there's a, uh, I mean, it's based on the book by Robert Graysmith. Right. Who did the Zodiac book, which is excellent. Yeah, oh. I have read the Zodiac book, but have not... Uh, I've not snagged a copy of this one, The Murder of Bob Crane. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Ratings? I'm going three and a half. I'm also going three and a half. Okay, well, I feel like... Okay, so I'm, 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 I'm between a three and a half and a four. And I was, I was thinking, like, I have to go four because I like it. <coughs> I just like it. Like, I have to get the extra half-star bump mm. because of the nostalgia. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm going four. I like it a lot. Um, I accept that reasoning. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So that's our show. Uh, next week on the show is JR's pick. Lay it on us, JR. Be gentle. All right. We will be watching Samuel Fuller's 1957 film, 40 Guns. Oh, okay. I'm into that. Which it's like, you know, it's like, Really, Jr. How many fucking westerns you gonna make us watch? I'll watch any of them, uh, man. I love. I'm westerns. just like Jones in for some Fuller right now. I've never seen any Fuller films, so I'm excited. Mm. I don't. This think one's so. got a uh, Barbara, Barbara fucking Stanwyck. Oh so, yeah. It's also uh, it's also a hard 80 minutes. Oh, so you're welcome. That is killer. <laughs> that is great. Thank you very much for that. All right, so next week we'll be watching 40 Guns from Sam Fuller and uh, discussing it. If I said next week, I apologize. Next time on the show. Anyway, uh, visit our website if you can at uh, filmyakpodcast. No, film 
what is it? <laughs> filmyak.podient.co. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> Email us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com. That's what I was thinking of. And, uh, you know, like and rate us on iTunes if you, if you want. And, uh, yeah, whatever, please email whatever, us. Whatever you like, we, we would love yeah, to I, answer some questions. I really would love love just want just yeah. an email. <laughs> like no, even, nobody even loves if, us. Even if you want to berate us for we like got, terrible things that we've said, we like, got please. so many listens on the last episode too. I was just like, I can't believe I know. they're not listening till the end. They don't hear the email address. Email us at filmyakpodcast at gmail.com. Please. I think, yeah. uh, I think people are going to have a lot of questions about your strip club experience. <laughs> um, it's valid. It's, you know, I'm happy to answer them. Yeah. Usually at a New Orleans strip club, there's like a, a drink minimum. But uh, obviously with your no drink. strip club connections, you yeah. uh, didn't have to do I that. drank nothing. I drank water. Bottle, uh, free bottled water. You didn't drink any grapefruit juice? No, what is that a reference or something? Autofocus. Oh, <laughs> shit. oh yeah, he orders great for this. Good call. Good call. I really love. Let me just say also about autofocus. The, my favorite. I think my favorite line in the whole film, and this is a kind of a ridiculous, like small thing, but when Willem Dafoe says, uh, they, he first brings they bring those two women back to his apartment, uh-huh. and he says, "Which one do you want?" And he's like, I, "I, I don't know." And he goes. Well, you're the man. Figure you get first choice. I was like, "That's that's so good." You're the man. Like you're the reason they're here. That's just right. so, I, that's that's great to me. I love that. I yes. love that dialogue. Anyway, join us next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <coughs> <laughs> Think people that talk in metaphors ought to shampoo, shampoo my, my crotch. crotch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>